Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode 41 with Pushing Back Chaos. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, I just had a cup of coffee, so I might sound a little bit more energetic. And this week, it's Raph and I covering down for the team. Melon's off doing his thing, as usual. Now, nah, he's out working, doing some, uh, doing some. Uh, I don't know. What would you call it, Raph? Uh, I don't even know. Just it's it's probably well it's it involves melon so I would say it's the best way to define it is complete fuckery whatever's mm-hmm. happening I would call it fuckery there's nothing professional there's nothing you know there's no sanctity in what he's doing he's he's an Irish see you next Tuesday so that usually involves some some level of fuckery yeah it's it's kind of hard because he really tries to explain his day to us like he's like he's like <laughs> mates I can't make the time. You know, I'm working and I have things to do, you know, and I'm like, all right, yeah. so what do you, what is it you say you do here? And he talks about a, a plane safety, an airfield with a hole in it or some shit. I don't, right. I don't know. It's just like, Melon, do your job and come back and do the show. All right. So we're not really sure what he does. You know, he, it's probably going to turn out he's like a, he's like an Uber driver over there or something. And, kind of the same thing with you raf is you know the pilot cart well i don't i don't drive an uber i I drive a lift ah the new hotness the new hotness is uh lift and uber racially profiled is 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 it like white people do uber and like lift sounds different well it's funny you say that because um i did i did uh take a lift one day and uh, the the dude that I that was taking me to the airport wherever I was going was telling me that he somehow he was like you know he started asking me what I do and I lied to him I was like oh I'm a pilot he was like oh okay and uh, and he was like he's like you know we don't really get a lot of professionals that uh, that take the lift and I was like what do you mean he's like yeah he's like most of the people I take are like you know coming from the club or they're just like riffraff he's like I you know I feel like Uber attracts more of like your type. And I start just started laughing. I was like, my type. And he's like, you know, like professionals. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, it was just fucking, it was just <laughs> random. Like, I was like, all right. <laughs> what are you getting at here, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My what do you mean my kind? <laughs> oh man. How was your how was your week? It sounded pretty busy. You uh you just got off a of red eye a little bit ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was up in Fairbanks. Um it was actually a really, it was a pretty cool trip up there. I uh, flew with an awesome captain. Shout out to Paul. And uh, we got to see a pretty spe- spectacular um, uh, Northern Lights. Like, that's one of the best things. So I, I just found this out. March is literally the best month to see the uh, to see the Northern Lights up in Alaska, up in like the Fairbanks area, Juneau, all those places. And uh, so every time we fly north into uh, the state, like we just get a hell of a show for like 30 to 40 minutes. What was cool about the other night was the the Northern Lights literally followed us, or the band lasted. Usually, like usually, the band runs like uh, east west, and on this particular night, heading up there, it was it was basically traveling uh, north south. So it kind of we ran like alongside it, and so it, it lasted almost the entire flight. It was actually really cool. That's cool, man. I that that's something I never got to do. I've been up in the uh, I've been to the Arctic Circle. 
yeah before but at, when i was there it was 24 hours of daylight for three weeks and that just totally messed me up but uh yeah, yeah i've never got to see the northern lights or doing that stuff but it's definitely on the list uh something that's going out here on the uh the east coast is uh not too long ago i went up to washington dc before i start getting really busy and uh i went to arlington and you know that sort of thing and always stop by and say hey, hey to the guys and uh the cherry blossoms are all coming out uh that's so, right yeah so if anybody's anybody listening you've never been to washington dc uh literally within the next two weeks all the cherry blossoms are coming out and there's a huge festival all over the park and stuff right next to the national mall and uh it's it's pretty epic man like i never really saw it in full bloom but yeah it, it's really cool just to go up there and the scenery and uh you know all the stuff to do up there so if you haven't get to do that that's it's not the northern lights but it's still pretty pretty cool out this way so there you go if you're on the west coast you can hit the northern lights if you're on the east coast head to dc and and, and check it out but um yeah other than that dude my my week was uh eventful and kind of tough and yeah shitty but you know I, we talked about, you know, finding peace after a setback and a couple other things, man. I'm smiling. You know, Raph and I were just sitting here listening to uh, Good Morning Vietnam before <laughs> Rob Williams clips, you know, and just like laughing her ass off because he he was he freaking nailed that movie. And I probably watch it after this. I know you are, too. But, uh, you know, the, the, well, the, the best part, though, we were talking about, like, because we started quoting the movie and then <laughs> remember, I think it was you who was like, and that's when you and i just started dying alive and i was like oh my god if we could really if we could replicate that maybe we can do with ai chat with the chat bot we can like you know convince it to to basically say that to take that splice it from the good morning vietnam and then just say you know melon is a see you next tuesday I think so. If anybody's listening and you have a good idea about implementing sound effects or adding in some extra textures like that or whatever, where you can really hand it the melon, please reach out to us and let us know because we'd love yeah. to have fun and really take this really being obnoxious at the beginning, even more so than we are now. But yeah. hit us up for that. Well, I feel like the only reason we, you know, technology advances is just to make fun of melon. Like there's really no other reason. Like it's not to make people money. It's not to you know, better improve the quality of life for humanity. It's literally, literally to make fun of melon. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know we rip on the man, but you know, if I, if I'm going to give a shout out to melon and I'll give a shout out to you, you know, I kind of had a tough week. I'm not getting into it or whatever, but I just want to say, you know, on a serious note that I'm just extremely thankful for the people in, in, in my life. And I'm going into this week with a new sense of, uh, I don't know, peace, security, uh, confidence because of Raff and Mellon. And, you know, I just had a really hard time this week with some things. And uh, these guys, as always, they were just there, you know, calling, texting me, giving me their time, just it means the world to me. So I, I just want to say thanks, man. And Melon and, and Cheza, uh, to both you got, you know, you two and everything. It really means a lot. So I know we bust his balls and everything and rightfully so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I love you guys too. So I just want to put that out there and thank, but yeah, kind of going into, uh, 
Well, no, it is going into it. So we just basically painted Mellon as the villain, which he is <laughs> <laughs> out of the team. But <laughs> Raph and I, you know, we're we're, we're going to try to hit this topic because it, it is very interesting. It's very relevant and everybody can relate to it. It's kind of weird. We always pick topics where people can relate to it. But there's a lot of truth in this thing where uh, we're, we're going to talk about heroes and villains. Okay. And not the type of that you just see in the movies, but there definitely are some movies where we've watched and we're like, oh my God, look at this bad guy. I would never be that bad guy or because it's just, you know, morally or something wrong with it. And she's like, man, I can never be that type of bad person. We always want to be the hero. We always want to be the good guy. And I would say in life, it's not the case, you know, so exploring this, there was a guy, I think he was an author and he just, he, he writes books and about heroes and villains. And he talks about the backstory and you sit there and you go, okay, you have a bad guy, you have a good guy. And obviously the bad guy is just a terrible person. And, you know, they must've just had something terrible happen to them and there's the hero and the hero's just always been this good person and it's just they've never done anything wrong they just choose to be good and they never have terrible things in their life not the case and it's really cool how he broke it down is uh the similarity between a hero and a villain is actually very very uh in sync with one another something terrible happened almost all the time to both. And he talks about, it. he goes, you know, you'll have, you'll have a, a villain that's just, you know, very dark, beat up evil, uh, doesn't like his surroundings, doesn't like people, somebody really, really wronged him uh, or turned their back on him, whether it's, you know, he trusted someone and they, and they, they lied to him or attacked him, you know, whatever. But it's always usually the hero and the villain that have some type of visible scars that they, they walk with, the, you know, they're portrayed with a limp, like they've been through some adversity, both of them. And when you sit there and think about that, you're like, oh, OK, yeah. And the first movie that pops into my head is like The Dark Knight and uh, with the Joker, right? The Joker's like this real, you know, intellectual, senile, crazy dude. And, uh, you know, they kind of built the other story with Joaquin Phoenix or whatever into it with his backstory is he was just a misunderstood guy and society treated him so terribly and the system treated him terribly. And it just drove him to become that evil character. When on the other side, you got Bruce Wayne, who's just like, okay, he's a billionaire, but he grew up and both of his parents were murdered, right? Something terrible happened to him which basically forced him to become this protector in the dark night and do justice where the system couldn't do it. Right. So it's like, well, okay, terrible things both happen to these people, but what, why is one good? Why is one bad? And, you know, we can get into this Raph, but it's personal choice. It's, it's what we value. It's, it's what's the end, you know, where are we trying to go with this and why, why do we go left or why do we go right? And how, how, how far off is that deviation? You know, uh, we can get into some really good examples, but just kicking off the episode topic and kind of what was going, because I related to this, I can look back in my life at certain times, definitely more when I was younger. Uh, I was probably more of a villain in some ways because of certain things. Now that I'm older and I have those experience with of those terrible things, 
it, it's kind of uh you know i rather kind of be on the hero trail because yeah, i'm not interested in being spiteful and hurting people or whatever kind of thing so uh anyways what do you got for the opener there ralph um yeah just kind of what we talked about earlier i think um and i mean i don't think of it as like heroes and villains i mean i know that's what we talked about but i, I honestly think in a more kind of pragmatic or really more of a practical sense i think it really just comes down if you strip it all down it comes down to the duality of man right the duality of or another way of saying it it's like the, everyone's capacity to do both good and evil and um and then everything that that kind of comes within within those those the actions or the you know the the things that the textures that come with, with that sort of life activity um however you feel and, and i think that's something that and i the reason i think it's important to i guess kind of talk about it um is because everybody's capable of greatness but everybody's capable of, of great evil and i and i've always thought to myself that if you ever think for a second that you're not capable of a certain evil i think you're you're fooling yourself because i think everybody has the capacity for it now you know what i i mean do i feel like going around murdering people no but it doesn't mean that i i, I can't have the capacity for it right like maybe I, maybe I haven't been hurt to the point where I don't feel that way yet. Right. Like I'm just, we have to really keep that in check and really have to keep that in the back of our minds. And the reason that's important is because it keeps you from going to those extreme edges, right. That is those extreme left or right limits that can put you in those dark, dark places. Um, but one of the examples you and I were talking about offline was the Nazis. The Nazis is a perfect example of this, right. You had these concentration camp guards that were, literally like literally gassing hundreds of thousands of jews and and poles and anybody else that, that they didn't like or they deemed subhuman and in the same breath in the same fucking day 24 hour you know hours of that same day they were they found themselves going home having dinner with their families uh that lived usually close to the camps and, you know, there were fathers to their children. There were husbands to their wives. They probably fucking read bedtime stories. I mean, I'm just, I mean, it's just, if you, if you try to wrap your mind around that, it almost blows your mind because you're like, wait a minute, you spent all day torturing and murdering innocent people. And in the same fashion, you came home as if like nothing happened and you were like the greatest father that's ever lived. Like it just, Again, that just shows the propensity for the human condition to be able to go from one extreme to the other. So I think that's a warning for everybody because I think we're all capable. Like you said, Mike, you know, if you look back, there was times where I definitely didn't act in a way that I was proud, um, you know, because, again, when you think of like evil, that that's usually associated with and I know evil is an extreme word, but that's usually associated with like selfishness and lack of compassion, cruelty, you know, to some extreme, it's like wickedness. And I, and I wouldn't say that when I was being a dipshit, I was wicked, but definitely there was some selfishness in there. And there was like, you know, it was all about me and it wasn't about the other people around me. And I, you know, there was moments where I look back and I'm not proud of, but I'm like, I know that the center of that, of whatever I was trying to achieve was all about me. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just the way, it's just the way it is. And so the more that we're aware of it, I think the better we can control it from, again, from going back to those extremes um, because we're all capable of it. Um, and I think that's it's just the way we're, we're, it's in the ether. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just the way of life. And 
I guess in the pilot's perspective, it's like you can't have lift without drag. Theoretically, some fucking nerds can come in and be like, yes, you can. Okay, I get it. But with but if you're flying through the air, drag's gonna occur. It's just it's gonna occur. And the faster you you go and the more lift you create, then you you there's gonna be some quotient of of drag. It's the same, you know, there's so many like ways that kind of like skin this cat. Like the Taoism uh philosophy is yin versus yang, right? There's the shadow and then the brightness. Um, it's just it's an everything, it's an everything you can think of in life. So I think it's it's an important mantra to like just think about and practice and like just find your find your extremes and and find what keeps you from going to those extremes, right? Because too much of a good thing can also be bad. Right. You can overextend yourself. You can if you're trying to be like Mother Teresa, but are missing some of the faculties or some of the, the discipline, like you can also fall prey to, you know, maybe like self idolization or whatever. You just become a dickhead. You know, like it just it's better to be in the center. Usually that's kind of a, a good. Kind of general uh, advice to give to yourself and try to follow it to as best as possible. And then the last thing I would say with that is I think the the most effective tool you could use at least. And I'm just, and I'm not lecturing. I'm literally talking about myself to myself is when I'm intentional, when I'm intentional with the things that I, that I say, when I'm intentional with the things that I want to do, that means I put some thought into it and some real energy. And I've really thought about the consequences or whatever it is I'm trying to seek out. And if you're intentional with things, usually you're going to, you're going to kind of choose the best road. Versus where if you succumb to your emotions and the way you feel, you might be shitty that day. So you're going to be shitty to everybody else. You know what I mean, like it's just so really be intentional with the way you're moving forward. Every step you take, every conversation you have, when you wake up in the morning, be intentional. Drop your knees, pray to the Lord if that's what you want to do, you know, because that will set you in a positive note. Um, it's just but yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a really effective tool is just be intentional. And that usually helps you kind of focus in the direction that you want to go, which hopefully is, is down the middle where you're kind of balanced out. Great points, Raf. It, it goes to the struggle piece. Uh, I know we talked about Jordan Peterson before, and he, he brings up of talking about you should be capable of violence, but then you need to learn how to control it. Right. And, and how do you control it with discipline, with values, with, you know, good character. And that's, what's going to define you. And that's, what's going to hold that, that, capability of rage and stuff like that at bay and only used for the sake of good. Uh, but it's not always that easy. Right. And, you know, before we hit the record button, Raph and I were just kind of talking about modern examples of, you know, this sort of thing of just what, what are some, some places or in environments or, or jobs where, the people join for the reason of, oh, I want to be a hero kind of thing. Well, not be a hero, but in the sense of it. And I want to help people. I want to protect people. I want to do the righteous and good thing, right? So we could label some of these as like police police officers, people in the military, security. You know, they want to stand up and do the right thing and, and protect people from evil, right? Very noble, honorable, you know, great. But then somewhere along the line, we see stories, we talk to people, we have private conversations, and there's some really dark shit that comes out of these people. And it's like, I thought you joined to do the right thing. You, you know, from and from the outside in, 
society sees, well, hey, you're there to serve and protect. You're there to defend us. You're there to fight and keep the wolf at, at bay. But, uh, you know, one thing I read here, and this is a quote, and it's a little bit long, but this really defines uh, the transition from kind of hero to kind of a villain and having to live and understand with when you have to be both maybe. So I'll just, I'll just read it. But uh, this is, this is a quote from a, uh, from a guy, his name, his name's Andy Stumpf. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. I think he's got a show and whatever, but um, I picked this up, I don't know, two, three years ago, somebody sent it to me and was just like, man, that's, that's pretty interesting when you, when you talk about it, but I'll read it. It's two paragraphs, but I'll go through it. It's pretty solid. Those who fight monsters inevitably. Oh my God, I just fucked inevitably. Up. There you go, that word, dude. I just had some peanut butter, so my tongue's like all jacked up. <laughs> Those who fight monsters change because of all they see and do. They lose their innocence and a piece of their humanity with it. If they want to survive, they begin to adopt some of the same characteristics as the monsters they fight. It is necessary. They become capable of rage and extreme violence. But there is a fundamental difference, however. They keep these monsters' tendencies locked away in a cage deep inside. That monster is only allowed out to protect others, to accomplish the mission, to get the job done. Not for the perverse pleasure that the monsters feel when they harm others. In fact, those monster tendencies cause damage. Guilt, isolation, depression, PTSD. There is a cast, There is a cost for visiting violence on others when you are not a monster. Those who do so know one thing. The cost inflicted upon society as a whole is far greater without those who fight monsters. That is why they are willing to make that horrible sacrifice so that others may live peace, peaceably. Right. It's pretty strong, man. And I, I'm sorry I jacked it up. I mean, I just I can't read. <laughs> so hooked on phonics. Well, hooked I'm trying, phonics, dude. People. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying, dude. I'm educated over here. Yeah. But uh no, it, it's it's true, man, because I think you know, I can look back at times where you know, I, I, I thought of my position and, and what I was doing, and then something terrible happened, you know, whether it was uh you know, in military service with like something with combat or losing a teammate and, you know, it's eye for an eye and you just want to turn into this like raging savage and go back out and, and you know, take it to them and make them make them wish they never woke up that day. Uh, and th- But then there's the other side of it, too. It's just like, man, if I go out that I'm no better than them. And it's that pull. Right. And I feel like many times in everybody's life, we get into a, a really bad situation where there's things like this, there's extreme adversity, pushback, uh, pain, uh, failure, and we feel ourselves tighten up. And, and what we want to do is like lash out. We want to hurt something, break something, uh, you know, which is interesting in society. It's why people have these, uh, what are they called? Like uh, smash rooms and stuff like that now. For people. <laughs> yeah. It's a healthy way for people to go take out their anger because there's such a spike in anxiety and depression and anger and all that stuff since like COVID, but all these smash rooms and everything have been popping up. But anyway, it's a way to release because we all feel that tension of just like, God, I just want to destroy you. And one of those things that the author said is, uh, you know, the, the villain of the people will say, 
you hurt me. Now I'm going to turn around and hurt you and everything around you. The hero sees it in a different light. He says, this hurt me and I'm not ever going to allow this to happen to anybody else. Right. And it's that, it's that turn and, and that filter that they choose to put on when something bad happens and how you react to it. And I was, I was telling a story to Raph and this is a story. It's, it's real basic, but you'll get the point is there's an alcoholic father. Okay. And he has two sons and he's just, uh, you know, he's an alcoholic. He's a, he's an abusive father, not a good family man. It's a broken household, everything else. Well, 30 years later, they fast forward and a, and a reporter goes to the one son, lives at home by himself, drinks all the time, not a contributor to society, very selfish, broken, mean, arrogant, everything else. And the reporter goes in and goes, oh, wow, yeah, you kind of turned out like your father. Uh, what's your explanation for this? And he goes, it's a very easy explanation. My father was an alcoholic. Okay. All right. Hey can't blame you man it's pretty it makes sense right they go to the other brother they go to his house he's got a nice house he's married has two sons of his own he's a he's a he's a god-fearing man very respectful treats his children very well uh good career everything he's got a wonderful life you know to those standards and the reporter goes wow you're not anything like your brother you 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 seem to have a pretty good life. What's your explanation for this? He goes, oh, well, that's a very simple answer. My father was an alcoholic. Right? And it's a, it's a perfect story of like listening and making our choices of like, man, do I want to become the villain or do I, do I kind of want to go the hero route, the honorable route and, uh, you know, do what I'm capable of to become something better than, than what I was given. You know, and I know every single person listening to this, including us, we can pick out probably hundred scenarios already where it's just like, man, yeah, I totally could have went left and just be became it because I was angry and I was hurting and spiteful and just fuck everybody else, you know? And then there's other times where I know everybody has at least once uh, seen something wrong and experienced that. And you're just like, well, I'm never going to let anybody hurt like this ever again. Or I'm going to stand up and do the right thing and protect somebody or sacrifice myself. I'm going to be selfless. I'm going to, you know, uh, be courageous at this point. And I'm going to do what I have to do in order to succeed and, and, and help others succeed. And it's just interesting, man, because it's all about uh, my favorite word, perspective, and, and how you choose to see the world and, and how you choose to see yourself. And uh, Mellon always says it really nice, which I really like. We're all writing our own story. You know, we're, we're, we're always the main character in our own story. And more often than not, I think we're always the, uh, we're always the, the hero in our own story. We, we never want to be known as doing anything wrong. But there are definitely times that we do become the villain, but maybe we don't want to admit it to ourselves because of one reason or another. And it's hard to say. But it's necessary to say because you have to realize where what path you took, why you went that way, and what you got from it, both good and bad. And then you got to weigh your options. Of like, is did that take me where I wanted to go and who I wanted to be for myself, for my family, for my friends, for my community? Eh, probably not. So I, I own up to that. 
And that's uh, leads ultimately to the road for redemption, right? Again, movies pop into my head where it's like the most evil son of a bitch and they're just like out to kill everybody and doing this whole thing. And then they turn around and the moment of, you know, it's either the world's going to end or, you know, it's going to get saved. And that person shifts and goes, I'm going to save the world in a, in a moment of, you know, clarity of just like, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. And I'm going to choose to do the right thing in this biggest moment. And then the world gets saved. Everybody, you know, there, there's a baby boom. And, you know, for 30 years later, you get called boomer, you know, whatever. But <laughs> you get the point. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, if I just interject a little real quick. So you actually gave a really good composition of how, I guess, the villain or the hero both get created, right? They're They're both... They grew up in the world of pain and that infliction of pain basically makes them choose one one road over the other. And again, kind of to make it more practical for everyone who's listening, because we don't wear capes. You know, I'm not I'm not the Batman. Um, I'm just I'm just me. But in practical sense, I think that we need to understand that the way you fall prey to because, again, we're. We're talking about the hero or the villain. We're really talking about how to prevent from becoming the villain, right? Like everybody wants to be the hero, but in all reality, I think it's easier to go down the villain road because it's easy. It's easier to just blame the world for your own setbacks, for your own shortcomings, for you know, your own mistakes. And so I think that that's the real struggle is like, how do you keep from going down that? that road because we want everyone to be the hero genuinely like i want everybody to wake up every day and piss excellence and just you know fucking just be at the top of their game and what i've noticed is a lot of these uh character traits that you're talking about i think it really comes down to intent right so i said earlier like it really has to do with your intentionality but and the intent is kind of based off the foundation of purpose and community like if you don't have a community that you're a part of or if you don't have a purpose in life then you're easily going to fall prey you're easily going to succumb to these other insane ideologies like the woke ideology is one of the ones that comes to mind because it's it seems almost benign on the surface but once you start digging below it you start to realize that it's destroying like lives like you start to see all these insane tiktok videos of these kids with like every color hair you can think of and not knowing who they are and identifying as like walruses and like just all this insane shit and you're just like instead of spending and wasting energy on that you could be doing extraordinary things right now and i'm not and this isn't a topic about gender i'm not even talking about i'm just saying like if instead of spending all that time and energy on just frivolous superficial bullshit imagine if you could put that energy into something positive like uh we said this before in previous episodes like it's easy to destroy things like it's fuck it takes almost no energy to destroy relationships destroy yourself get into a drinking habit, get addicted to pornography. It takes no effort. Like it's really easy to fall in prey to, to, to those sort of things and succumb to it. It takes a metric fuckton of energy and purpose and discipline to stay the path and be something extraordinary. Start a business to be disciplined. You know, when you fucking have a chocolate chip cookie sitting in front of you, just sit there and tell yourself, I know my fat cells want this cookie right now, but I'm not going to allow myself to do it because... I, you know, I, I have a journey to destiny to be, you know, competitive lifter, to be the best shape of my life or to, you know, whatever, like be a better runner, to be more fit so that I can defend my, my family so I can, whatever, I'm a police officer, so I have to be in better shape than the people that I'm arresting, you know, like whatever your purpose is, 
But the point is, like, it all comes down to intent. And like I said, the intent is really founded on purpose and community. Because again, if you don't have a community, if you don't have a purpose, you're going to fall prey to all that stuff. And then real quick, man, I don't want to beat my gums too much. You know, you were talking about someone who's been through hell and back. There's one guy I've been following for a couple of years now. His name is Victor Marks. And you guys can look him up. He's got his own website. He's a pretty strong uh, Christian uh, Christian man, married. But his life is, is his story is extraordinary. Um, grew, and I might have mentioned him before. I, I don't really remember. I, I might have. But so excuse me if I have. But he's really worth talking about. So this guy was raised, um, I want to say by just his father. I think his parents weren't together. And his dad physically abused him. I think there was some sexual uh, abuse in there. There was some definitely some drug abuse in there. Beat the like living snot out of Victor when he was a kid. Uh, I think he left him for dead uh, the last time he saw his father. Uh, his dad like beat him so badly and like just like legitimate, just fucking psycho- a psychopath. And like you said, instead of choosing to, uh, you know, like, so here's this, this young boy who's just been abused and had never felt love his entire life. And he could have easily chosen the path of, I'm going to hurt the world because the world hurt me. And instead he flipped it around and eventually through, he was a Marine. So he's got that against him. <laughs> Shout out to all our Marine friends. Um, but, but he, he built himself right from the, he's like a Phoenix. He built himself from the ashes. He became a, a, like a seventh degree black belt in like some, some form of karate or jujitsu. Um, like I said, he's a, a, like a a staunch Christian, but the most extraordinary thing is he's actually dedicated his life. We talked about this on the last episode about, um, saving trafficked young women. And I don't mean like in the streets of Chicago, I mean like ISIS country. Like fucking Iraq, um, Africa, like some of the most dangerous places on earth, um, and and he he's done extraordinary work, and so of course they, but he also, again, he, because he's a Christian, he also works with them post rescue on just kind of ha- coming bringing some self worth back as as women as individuals, uh, you know, knowing that there's something bigger than just the evil that that men have 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 uh, put him through. But anyways, this guy Victor Marx is an extraordinary human. And definitely worth a look for anyone who's listening. Um, he's got his own website. I think he's got a video where he kind of talks a little bit about that story. And I think that's got like uh, almost a million views or something. I mean, it's it's pretty extraordinary that that he's taken such a dark past and just thought, you know what? There, I, I can't I can't let anyone live the life that I, I existed through and barely survived. Um, but yeah, yeah, again, but again, to be a Victor Marx. And again, that's that's a unique individual. What I'm saying is we we make decisions every couple of seconds, right? Like when the alarm goes off, you can either – that second you choose to turn the alarm off and just be a shitbag and roll back in bed like I normally do about nine out of ten times. <laughs> or you could sit there and say, no, today I'm going to rise. Like today I'm going to be the hero that, I, that I've always wanted in my life or that I, I want to be or whatever it is, um, you know. Like if you're a child and you listen to this, like do your homework, like just put your best foot forward. If you're a friend, be the best friend that you can make. But every couple of seconds you have a decision. When you go to the kitchen, I can either go into the pantry and eat dog shit or I could literally save a couple minutes and make myself a protein smoothie. Like we're always making decisions every couple of minutes, if not every couple of seconds. And that's the whole thing about being intentional. Like you have to be intentional. 
And I'm not saying this to lecture. I'm saying this because the struggle is real in my own life. Like I've noticed that if I'm not intentional with my decisions, I go down the path and I just become a total, a total, you know, piece of shit. Like I just, I, I let my emotions run my day and I look back and I'm like, I've completely wasted the day doing complete stupid crap. Um, so anyways, du the duality man is real and it's in everybody. And uh, it's a, something that you need to be aware of and think about consistently because you're always in it. There's never not a moment you're not in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, dude, that's a great point is, you know, we're talking about movies, we're talking about writing your own story, but there's no like chapter or anything where it's just like, okay, or there's no intermission where it's like, okay, we can just take a time out. Like life is always going to be going until you go in the ground. Right. So yeah, man, it's a, uh, that's a, that's a, a 30,000 foot view on the thing. You know, I, I like that. I'm going to write that down. Uh, yeah. You know, I was just thinking about too, as I was listening to you, uh, kind of being relatable. You know, you said it's really easy to just destroy shit and become the bad guy. And it's just like, yeah, it's no effort at all. Maybe you were like, I mean, geez, dude, like you come home and you're just super stressed out from work or something happened and you're just like have this anger or whatever. And you see somebody just like cock a person in a movie or you watch on the news where you just see like something terrible happen, you know, and it's always something. And there is something in that is like, why, when you watch the news, is there always something negative? It's like, well, there was a shooting this afternoon and, oh, this person ran over a car accident and blah, blah, blah. There's nothing ever like positive. And it's like, why is that? Mm -hmm. Or you see like, I don't know. I remember watching, you know, like NASCAR or something like that. And there was this terrible accident and they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I hope they're okay. All right. Hey, let's rewind it and watch it again. You know, and people are like, Oh yeah, let's watch it a hundred times. And it's like, why are we, why are your people naturally attracted to, uh, the, you know, to the villain, you know, to, to the evil stuff. And there's actually been a lot of studies that have proven, uh, it, that there is an attraction to the dark side. Uh, it actually makes, uh, you know, looking at a villain in a certain way, they do have likable and relatable characteristics because we we all kind of go about them. Oh, look at this guy just taking it to the man because the system screwed him over. Good for him. You know, right. like, don't put up with no shit, dude. And you just see him kind of go high and right. You kind of like him. You kind of like, okay, it's not bad. And, uh, you know, from that perspective, it's like, okay, he's, he's really not a bad guy. But what is he really doing in, in the long run? Uh, he may be convinced that he's the good guy. Right. And and that's usually kind of a twist that goes in there. It's not always like good guy, bad guy. The bad guy thinks he may be doing the noble right thing for whatever his cause is. And it's like, hey, I'm the good guy. Uh, yeah. Os Osama bin Laden is a perfect example of that. Like he he genuinely believed in his jihad. Yeah. I mean, he literally thought he was fighting the, you know, like in his own words, he's fighting the evil empire, the you know, the American Western Empire. Yeah. And if you know anything about the history, I'm not, again, I'm not agreeing. I'm just saying, like, if you know anything about what his belief system was, he wasn't entirely wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't a dickhead. He wasn't absolutely a dickhead. But I'm just saying that there was reasons why he felt the way he did. Yeah. Just to make it blatantly clear, Raph and I both deployed in support of killing him. So we do not support, <laughs> yeah. we do not support him. We're not supporting him. <laughs> We, we we took care of some of his his mates uh over there so we're just, we're just talking about you know uh from another perspective you know take yourself out yeah. of the west 
look at what's going on there. We may view some of these people as that, but looking at it a full, uh, full spectrum, are there things as American terrorists, right? Do people view us around the world when we fly drones and we drop bombs on the wrong vehicle and kill their family by accident? You don't think that they hate us and view us as terrible people? Yeah, they do. You know, yeah. it's like you can only push somebody or do something wrong so many times before somebody's going to stand up and say, hey, we're tired of this shit. And they become the hero of their people but they ultimately become the villain of us. And then it's like, okay, we're good. They're bad. And it's vice versa for them. That's just, that's just how it works. So, you know, it's interesting in all the situations that we could really identify from, you know, we talked about the Nazis to police and military and stuff like that, to, you could do that with government, uh, to our everyday lives with just, you know, your, your family, with your friends, with coworkers, whatever, it's just like, man, who who's the villain? Who's the hero? What path are you on? I'm like, rap really said it, man. It's just, what's the end state? What what do you want for your life? Where do you want to be in your life? If it's being the villain and you think it's going to get there, you're probably going to go. Let's just face it. Well, but so that's the thing, though, dude. I don't think that any like again. I don't think people wake up. I mean, there are a couple of psychopaths that wake up. They want to be like you know the Ted Bundys of the world. Or who's that dipshit that killed the four college kids in Idaho? Um, yeah, what what that psychopath that like stalked them? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? In Moscow, Idaho. Uh, Are you I tracking forget. that story? It's yeah, it's made news in the wet in the West Coast. It's made news. Um, anyways, there there are individuals like that that are just you know, it's like in the words of uh, Gunny, not Gunny Highway, Gunny from uh, Full Metal Jacket. What did your mom not love you enough? You know what I mean like when he was like screaming at private pile because yeah. he's a total you know he's a so, so like he's got that rifle and he's about to shoot him and he's like you know town town put the rifle down but the point is there are people that are are just completely they're outliers but i think as a whole most people and i'm sure the people that are listening to the show right now nobody wants to be a villain i think you become i honestly believe that the times that i was villainous was when i was above all things lazy i was lacking discipline I didn't have direction. I let my emotions get the best of me. Now, and I don't mean like emotions like I was mad. I mean, it could just be like just adolescent emotions, right? Ooh, you know, that that thing looks shiny. I want it, even though I really don't want it, right? Whatever that thing is, car, a girl, whatever it is. Um, yeah, just it's just it's easy to like just be like a squirrel in a fucking a room full of confetti you're just like running back and forth at every little thing you see and it just it doesn't like you mean like it just it's so easy to do and that's why um love or hate him someone like jocko has like a a pretty like even or even uh jordan peterson like they have like really like their their points very simple you're like well that's fucking obvious what you just said but if you really sit and think about it you're like that's brilliant like you know the fact that discipline does equal freedom the fact that you know, you want to be dangerous as a man, but you want to have, you want to be able to control your ability to, you know, to inflict pain on whatever, just have it ready in case you need it against, you know, some, some evil son of a bitch. But yeah, just kind of back to what I was saying earlier, man, everything is capable of it. Individuals, organizations, fuck, one of the best examples is the CIA. The CIA started to fight the Nazis, right? The OSS, the uh, Office of Strategic, whatever the hell, I mean, that's kind of your, there you go, those guys. 
I mean, literally, dude, is there a better flight or a better fucking thing to do that to be to be created than to fight the Nazis? And then like fast forward in their into their like immediate, you know, future and then our history now. I mean, they they there's that whole uh, uh, Iran. Well, not the Iran country. Well, yeah, they were involved in that. But uh, more specifically, uh, in Santiago in Chile, they help uh, topple this democratically elected government. And they put up this total dickhead of a dude named Pinochet, who was an awful dictator from like 73 or 76 to like 1990. And he killed like 50,000 people and even more went missing that were, you know, uh, that dissented to him. And it was like, and it was totally done under um, patriotism and it was all behind the scenes, but it was the CIA that was involved in that. I mean, just think about that. Like, here's an organization that was started for good and it just create it helped create these atrocities. Same thing with Guatemala and like the, the fight for, for tin for, you know, Dole Company and all these other American uh, mega corporations that wanted like cheaper labor and cheaper whatever. And so the CIA was involved to fight these, Gorillas that were basically just fighting for better human rights, but instead their government was being backed by by United States through you know the CIA proxy and all these atrocities were committed. I mean, just again, I'm not shitting on the CIA. I'm just saying anything is capable of of creating something amazing, but but they're also individual or as a group, we're also capable of just creating fucking atrocities, and we need to be very aware of that, especially at the individual level. Because you might be that difference, and I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, how you might be the one who might hopefully hold your organization, your group, your whatever from committing an atrocity. Hopefully you're the one that goes, hey, man, this doesn't fucking pass the smell test. Like, this just feels weird. Like, you know, it's like you said, like, man, I feel like we're kind of the Taliban right now because we're acting like them, you know, and you don't. And it's easy because, like, you talk about it offline, like you're 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 in that fine line. And any small deviation, you find yourself on the dark side and that becomes normal. And then like, you know, that standard deviation keeps moving and moving before you know it, you're like fucking 25 degrees off center line. And that's your norm. Yeah. And and, and I'm not saying it to be funny, but everybody's kind of some dark humor or whatever, but everybody, everybody says it, right. It's just, you, you, you tease somebody at work or do something, you're just playing around, whatever, but then you see them visually like walk away and they're just like crushed. And then you look at your buddy and you're like, dude, did, did we just create a problem? Like, I don't think I'm coming to work tomorrow. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be funny, but it's, it, you know, it's just a yeah. thing. But, the, the, you know, it goes to a quote, a quote uh, this guy, Chris Colfer, um, people are not born heroes or villains. They're created by the people around them. So exactly what Raph is, is talking about is, you know, we may, we may not be the main character, right? Or something in a situation but we are part of the story and how are we acting and how do we treat other people uh you know treat other people the way you want to be treated right that sounds nice sometimes man i just want to be a miserable piece of shit to everybody and like i don't care i want to wield my power and flex my chest and be like oh i'm this or whatever and, and get my instant power gratification and feel feel like i'm a badass or something you know what i mean uh but when you really look at it, and, and I think this really contributes to a, a bigger problem, you know, mental health. And you, you look at a lot in the United States and like these shootings that go on, right? These these children that are born innocent, right? Yeah. These kids 
bring a gun to school and they just feel like they have to do that. They didn't just wake up one day and go, oh, yeah, I guess I'll just go do this. Man, it's probably from bullying, from lack of like family attention, abuse, like whatever. And they're just so hurt. They're just so hurt that they have to release it and just just send it. You know what I mean? And how terrible is that? You know, and I mean, I'm not getting into the gun debate and whatever, because I don't think the gun's the problem. It's 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 just our society now is so influential on each other. Like, look at your friends list on social media. Everything that you see is is about being compared to. Are you successful enough? Beautiful enough? Do you have enough money? How many likes do you have? What do you have more of? Like everybody on social media is perfect and it's causing massive depression for people Mm -hmm. that don't feel that they're measuring up and all these other things. So it's like, okay, I'm trying to get mine by showing everybody and blah, blah, blah. And look how much money I have and this, that, whatever. I'm literally hurting other people. Now I know what people are going to say is just like, well, that's their problem, right? You can't live life worrying about every other people. That's true. But at the same time, if it's somebody in your immediate circle and you see them falling, why don't you just stop and put your hand out instead of putting out a post or putting out something and be like, hey, things are going to be okay. Like I'm here to help you. And really that's when that time where you can interject and pull them from the dark side. You know, you may be in a in a light spot at that moment in your life. You may have the ability and the power and the the vision of like, hey, I can reach over and I know how to help you. I'm gonna bring you back because I see you falling. I see you slipping, you know. And shit, Raph has told me this before last couple of years. He's like, Come on, dude. Hey, I, I I know you know I love you, right? But I need to interject here because you're saying some wild shit and you're not that you're not that guy. Don't be that fucking guy. You know, I know you're hurt. I know you're angry. I know you're this. I know you're that. Don't fucking do it, dude. You're better than that. I know that. Melon knows that. Whatever. And and they they pull me away from want, wanting to release that darkness, which I'm grateful for. And you're absolutely right. Um, anyways, yeah, man, it's just uh, the ripple effect. You know, what are we individually putting out there? Uh, you know, shit, I didn't, I didn't do anything. You know, it's just. I mean, put it on a lighter note. What is it? Office space when they're just like, hey, hey, you got to move your office, dude. You got to move your office. And then he's they don't listen to him and he's just back there with his glasses. Like, okay, (laughs) that's the last straw. (laughs) You know, he's just quietly raging in his little office with his glasses. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we all we all do that. And we have the ability to create villains. We have the ability to create heroes. And it's just being mindful about what you're putting out there. Your, your daily interactions, saying good morning, you know, just starting someone's day off with a smile or a handshake, change it up for the better and not just uh, allowing the darkness to just overcast uh, every day just because you're a little bit lazy or because you don't think it's going to do anything. It absolutely will. Yeah. And, and I know we're, we have to wrap up here pretty soon. Um, I was going to say, you know, one of the, like, it's not even a quote, it's just something he said, and it like still kind of resonates in my mind pretty often is Mike Tyson, you know, in his, uh, in his new podcast called the uh, hot boxing. Um, he was telling one of his guests that like, you know, the worst version of him is when he's got the phone in his hand. And that sticks with me because there's a lot of truth. Like a lot of people wouldn't admit to that, but I think he's speaking 
on behalf of all of us. Like, I think we all know that we are, are, we're at our worst when our phones, when we're in a quiet room and that phone's in our hand and we'll just spend hours doing complete bullshit. Um, when you could be doing like when you can physically be calling someone you care about, or you could be working out or you can, you know, you can just whatever, doing something productive for yourself or, or your community. Um, but I think about that all the time. And so kind of to wrap that up with what we were talking about, it all just comes down to, to hopefully some level of self-discipline. And I think that's, what's going to, that's probably one of our best defenses against kind of going down that, that other road that we're talking about. But Anyways, I'll leave it at that because I know we, we're going to wrap it up. No, dude. Great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking at our uh, Pushing Back Chaos thing on Instagram right now, and I just hit the search button, and I'm just scrolling to see what's popping up. And there's uh, boobs, butt, uh, high heels. Pom- oh, there's that. Ah, it's not a Pomeranian. It's a Golden Retriever. Damn it. I want no <laughs> part of it then. <laughs> uh, filters. There are no unattractive women whatsoever. Everybody's having a great time. Look at me. Look at me. There's yeah. no down and terrible stories here. It's yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah, everybody's just crushing it, right? <laughs> every, yeah, everybody's just crushing life right now. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's a hero. There's no bad guys. Yeah. This isn't doing anything negative for society. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the I'm, funny one to me, the funniest ones are the like the dude like, and again, I'm not shitting on these guys. Like, if that's what gets you off, but like the younger guys, like early 20s, and they're like posing with like these really flashy cars, and I'm like, I know you didn't. I'm not saying that young, you know, people can't afford them. I'm I'm sure there are kids that can do it out there, but most can't. But it's like, why would you even want to front? Like, why would you even want to? I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me that somebody would go out of, you know, rent one of those cars and then pose in front of it. Like it's yours. You know, it's like, I sure. don't know. So actually, and I'll leave you with this fun little fact. I learned about this. So in uh, Tucson, Arizona, I don't know. I think it was there in 2009. I went out, uh, me and a couple guys, we went out to a Brazilian steakhouse and we were, we were in flip flops and board shorts and tank tops. It was, you know, summertime or whatever. We're all doing this, uh, this uh training out there so we're like hey let's go get some good food so we got there early i don't know it was like five o'clock and we're there we're just wolfing down stupid amounts of meat and just being a bunch of gorillas and uh all of a sudden the doors open and like all of these 20 somethings like men and women just come in decked out to the nines i mean Mm. like to the nines and we like look out the window and there's lamborghinis limos like just like you're saying dude just holy shit man like what we didn't get the memo like we're in flip-flops and stuff like what what the hell is going on here and here the 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 waiter starts like laughing he's like you guys are totally fine every single one of you at the table is way more successful than any one of these kids (laughs) and i was like what like what are you talking about man i was like 21 and uh he's like yeah dude this is the thirty thousand dollar millionaire club I said, the what? He goes, yeah, $30,000 millionaire club. I was like, what the hell does that mean? He goes, dude, the, these kids make next to nothing. They literally rent everything, everything from jewelry to clothes to cars, everything for a, for a day. And they pick, out, <laughs> they pick out certain days out of the year where they just show up like big shots, take all their pictures, and they're just like, oh, we rule the world and this whole deal. Okay, it, it might be fun, but like, Fast forward to 2023. It's like that, everybody's that's on my to do list. Oh, that's yeah, on my to do list. 
what 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 car are you gonna rent raf like like the white the white van with no windows no i think i'm probably gonna go with like a 1972 pinto but like a fresh candy candy paint just dripping just sick on some dubs just candy apple red and green yep yep just blasting paul wall sitting sideways or as they call riding dirty you gonna come pick me up i will if if the uh if the price is right twenty (laughs) dollar all right well hey that's gonna wrap it up for this show um heroes and villains man what a what a interesting way to look to look at the people in our life look at ourselves in our own in this story and really take a look around you and think about the people that that you hate uh and hate's a strong word i always get yelled at it, but dude i legit hate some people uh but i'm not going to do anything but i'm allowed to hate them but uh think about think about what they're doing and why they anger you or what they're doing to the other people in the community and it's just just ask yourself do you think they wanted to be like that or does something cause them to be like that uh, did you have a part in it? Can you do something to pull them back, you know, and, and turn them from villain to hero and, and uh, contributing person in society? It's really interesting to sit there and think about, man, like in our worst times, who are you in your best times? Who are you? Uh, because I, as Raph said, we have the full capability to go extreme left or extreme right. And I think this is a definitely good topic and a talking point for today's society, like we talked about with mental health. And what's a good person? What's a good what's a good man? What's a good woman? Uh, what's a good contributor to society and community, to family, to friends? And uh, pay attention to like who's telling you where to go. We all have idols. We all have leaders. Um, shit, man. Like I said, some of the best some of the best leaders think that they're the the hero when in reality they're, they're the villain and they're the ones taking us down. And we sign up and. We're like, hey, we're going to jump right on your ship and go down with you. You know, it's like, shit, man. Take a look at what you're doing. Take a look at what you're part of. Uh, is it doing more harm than good? What, what's it going to be in a year from now? What's it going to be in 10 years from now? How about when you're 60 years old? It's very interesting to think about. But anyways, you got anything to close with, Raf? No, I just thought you were going to – I thought when you talked about, you know, some of the best leaders, I thought you were going to say are usually warrant officers. I was like, oh, shit, he's probably going to admit to it. But you didn't, so I got nothing. No comment. No comment. Melon's a cunt. That'll always be funny to us. I mean, people are like, these guys are idiots, but to us, it's. And I'm sure Melon's going to be laughing when he hears it. Melon's a cunt. All right. Well, Thanks for uh, stopping by this week and, uh, you know, take about what we said. And until next time, cheers and uh, stay the hero route if you could. <laughs>